A horrific discovery revealing a horrifying past. A reminder of tragedy that stained North America, this time in Canada. Remains of 215 children found at a children's school. A brutal sign that our past continues to follow. The Kamloops School of British Columbia was at one time the largest institution of its kind in Canada. It was a school for indigenous peoples, and it was active for over 80 years. On record, 51 children died at the school, but a recent discovery has a higher number. 215 children unmarked graves on the school's site. Indigenous schools were notorious for poor conditions, ventilation, water, food. Children died and then disappeared. No mention, no report, just gone. A brutal reminder that indigenous peoples have often faced violence and mistreatment in North America. Crowds now forming to commemorate these children. Our past never really leaves us, but our hope is in Christ. Everything that was wrong will finally come untrue. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Wednesday, we're still in a series called God's Word in Your Heart. In a moment, we're going to hear a confession. It's probably one of the most well-known confessions in all the Bible. And it's brutally honest. David making no excuses for his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband. He had sinned, and he had done so before a holy God. But as we read Psalm 51, we discover that there is forgiveness for those who truly repent. And this great psalm points us to the Savior who can rescue us from our sin completely. So, may I invite you to stick around to find encouragement in a confession we all need to hear. After the program, I want to send you the Hidden in My Heart Collector's CD set. Jay Stalker wrote and produced the music on these CDs to help you carry your burdens to Jesus. But they also help both kids and adults hide God's Word in their hearts. These days, people don't take the time to learn Scripture, to teach their kids Scripture. And I think it's a really a piece that's missing from a lot of people's lives. And the great part about Scripture lullabies is... Uh, this offers an opportunity for kids to start hiding God's word in their heart um, from a very young age, and they don't even know that they are absorbing the scripture. You know, they're not. They'll, the parents tell us that the kids will walk around singing the scriptures, um, and they're like, "Where did you learn that?" And you know, it's from the Hidden in My Heart series, and so that's why it's so powerful because kids otherwise, you know, maybe wouldn't take the time parents wouldn't take the time to teach their kids the scripture and that and that goes for adults as well uh how many of us struggle to find time to get into god's word and so this is a way to infuse that into our lives on a daily basis as we listen as adults and that's you know it's very powerful jay stalker says he wrote these scripture lullabies to help children sleep better and to hide god's word in their hearts but guess what? Adults around the world are also using them to deal with their own fears and anxieties in stressful times like now. The music is peaceful and uplifting. Imagine spending your summer evenings drifting away to sleep with these scripture lullabies filling your mind with God's comforting words. 
So, for a minimal gift to Haven today, we'll send all four Scripture Lullaby CDs to either you or someone you love. And yes, this does include the just-released fourth album that we'll play a song from later on in this program. Our phone number to call in a little bit is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or listen to samples and make your gift online at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And while you're there, check out the full-length podcast and video we shot with Jay Stalker at his home in northern Colorado. And if you'd like to just get the brand new fourth CD, we have that for your gift of any amount. And now we open with Keith and Kristen Getty.
joined by Cindy Morgan, Keith and Kristen Getty, God be merciful to me, Psalm 51, here on A Haven Today, God's Word in your heart. We all know the old mantra, pain is weakness leaving the body. Drill sergeants use it to keep cadets and privates in line during the intense boot camps put on by military throughout the year. Football coaches scream it during the grueling two-a-days over the summer as they prepare their teams for upcoming seasons. You maybe have said it to yourself in a difficult time in your life, and there is truth to it. Muscles don't grow unless they're ripped and rebuilt. Pain, and as they recover, you get stronger. It shouldn't surprise you that this is a picture of something more deep. One of the most painful parts of the Christian life is confession. We've all been there. Knowing you've wronged somebody, knowing you've sinned against God, needing to come before them and say, I'm sorry. It's painful. Confession forces us to relive our own sinful decisions, to acknowledge the damage that we have caused others, and to recognize what these actions do to our relationship with the Lord. Isaiah says it clearly, sin separates us from the Lord. The Lord is holy and pure. He cannot see our sin and rejoice. When we sin, we do damage, and it hurts to confess. But when we do confess, just like 1 John 1, 9 says, the Lord is always faithful to forgive us. Confession is painful, but in the grace we receive from the Lord, it becomes weakness leaving our body. Our faith is strengthened, not by staying clean and perfect, but by acknowledging how often we need help and forgiveness. And David knew this experience. Psalm 51 is one of the most powerful confessions ever written, and for good reason. Psalm 51 was written after some of the most heinous sins you can find in all the Bible. David was the king anointed by the Lord to love his people, to serve his people, and lead his people faithfully. But he was enjoying extravagance in his own palace while he was supposed to be out helping his army defend the promised land. And while he was out, he saw something. Actually, he saw someone, Bathsheba, bathing on the roof of her house. And instead of looking away and heading out to the battlefield, David abused his power telling his servants to bring Bathsheba to him, and we're told he slept with her. Too often we lay the blame on Bathsheba. She shouldn't have been on the roof, or she shouldn't have listened to the servants. But think about this. Bathing on the roof was how they did it. But even if it wasn't common, put yourself in her position. She was not a powerful woman. She had no political leverage or clout. The king was calling. If she disobeyed, she risked being put to death. She listened to the king and endured his abuse of power, all under duress. David's sin led him to abuse his own power and to violate a woman he had no business being with. I told you already, Psalm 51 is a powerful confession. But before we look at it, we need to realize how deeply David had sinned. The good news of grace is only good news when we realize how bad the bad news is. And for David, it got a whole lot worse. Bathsheba became pregnant, and she was married already. 
Uriah was a high-ranking officer in David's army. Not only had David abused his power against Bathsheba, he betrayed a faithful soldier who fought for him. And to cover up the pregnancy, David called Uriah home from the field and tried to send Uriah home to spend the night with his wife. Maybe then they would think the baby was Uriah's. Think again. Uriah refused. How could he go home when there were men in the field fighting for their lives? So David did the unthinkable. He conspired with the captain to have Uriah killed. I doubt many of us have fallen into such deep sin, but all of us know what it's like to try covering up a lie. You cover your tracks, only to realize you've left a trail you didn't think about. So you do something else to cover those tracks. The cycle continues. Sin and betrayal turn into lying and deceit. Lies upon lines. Overwhelming, isn't it? Mark Twain once said, you don't have to remember anything if you always tell the truth. We wouldn't have to remember the lie we told yesterday to cover our sin if we simply told the truth. Confession, as painful as it may be, is the answer. David learned that too late, so much damage had already been done, and the prophet Nathan was sent by the Lord to convict him. He told David a story of a man who killed his neighbor to help himself to his neighbor's house and said to David, You are that man. So often the Lord does that for us. We are sinning. We're covering our tracks. We're thinking we've gotten away with it, only to have our sin brought to the light all of a sudden. Our response should be sorrow over our sin and confession. Psalm 51 shows us this in David's response. Let's read it together. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict, and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Part of David's Confession from Psalm 51. I'm Charles Morris. You're listening to Haven Today in a program called God's Word in Your Heart. This psalm would be a great one to commit to memory. It reminds us that our sin deeply offends the Lord, that our actions can cause serious damage to others, but it also shows us that the Lord is ready to forgive, to give us grace in our time of need. David prayed five things in this little passage. 
five requests in his confession that we can use in our own prayer. Have mercy on me. That's the opening line. David knew he had sinned. In fact, he went on to admit that he had been sinful since birth. His sin many deserved judgment. Wrath have you from the Lord. So he cast himself on the Lord's mercy. Just like the tax collector in Jesus' day, standing far off in the temple, beating his chest, begging the Lord for mercy. David knew this was his only hope. We know that Christ is our only hope. We're sinful too. We need his mercy. Wash me of all iniquity. A second request. It's one thing to be honest about our sin and our need for mercy. It's another thing to ask to be cleansed. Turning from our sin hurts. It's like tearing out something that has deeply rooted itself in our heart. But it's necessary. David needed to be clean, washed white as snow. In Christ, as he says in John 15, we are clean. His blood purifies us. David's third request created me a pure heart. We need a heart that not only acknowledges our need, but one that is also strengthened to resist. Confession is painful, but it strengthens our devotion to the Lord. Do not cast me from your presence. Our worst fear is that our sin will make us unlovable to the Lord, that he will finally have had enough. But in Christ we hear, I will never cast you out or forsake you. Confession doesn't threaten our relationship with the Lord. It only draws us deeper into his love. And then there's number five, restore to me the joy of your salvation. When we've sinned badly, when we're facing the pain of confession, we may feel like we'll never return to the joy and intimacy we enjoyed with our Lord. But David's prayer and Christ's promises remind us that it is possible. He will restore us. He will welcome us back every time. All we need is a heart that's broken over our sin. And when we come by faith, we receive his grace time and time again. Confession is hard. It's even painful. But when we confess, we experience God's grace. Christ loves us. He'll never forsake us. We're in his hand, so we don't have to be afraid. In Christ, our confession only reconfirms the Lord's love, a love that will never leave us, no matter what.
Jay Stalker, one of his scripture lullabies from the second CD volume of Hidden in My Heart, that steadfast love here on Haven Today, and a program called God's Word in Your Heart. I'm Charles Morris. I can't think of a better way to get God's Word into your heart than by listening to scripture-saturated music from the Hidden in My Heart Scripture Lullabies collection, with all four volumes, including the just-released album. The music is cinematic, with real strings that'll soothe your burdened mind, but the lyrics come straight from God's Word, which will minister to your soul. Get a set for yourself. Get one for someone you know who needs more peace in their life. That's what Donald did in Pennsylvania. He made a generous gift to Haven today, and he asked us to send him a copy of the brand new album as well as one to a friend of his. Thanks for your support, Donald. I know you're going to be really blessed by this new album. What about you? Won't you please call us right now and make a minimum gift for the four album Hidden in My Heart set? The number you can call is 800 654 2836. 800 65 Haven. And if you do want to send the CDs to someone you love, please give us their name, address, and a little note. You can also listen to samples from the Scripture Lullabies before you make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And if you just like the Hidden in My Heart Volume 4 CD that's just released, we have that for your gift of any amount. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow 
when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Jesus did a lot of his teaching outdoors, on those hillsides and in the fields, out where people could see plowing and planting, watering and harvesting going on all around them. And no surprise, Jesus uses those themes in his teaching. Stories about seeds falling on the soil, tares growing up among the wheat, the need for harvest workers, branches that bear fruit. And it's the theme Paul picked up on in Galatians 5, where he said, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these fruits are the result of the Holy Spirit at work in the life of someone who follows Christ. Anchor Devotional can help you spend time with Jesus every day. Get started now at getanchor.com. 